0: This is The Hidden Why Podcast, episode 606 with Jonathan Robinson.
1: Don't spend so much time finding peace outside of you because peace is within
0: within you. Hello and welcome to The Hidden Why Podcast. My name is Lee, the host of the show. Guys, thank you for tuning in to this interview today. Today, I'm bringing you a special guest, Jonathan Robinson. He's the author of several Books. He's written actually 13 books, I believe, and his most recent one is called More Love, Less Conflict. Guys, Jonathan, he understands that life is stressful. However, he believes that love shouldn't be. The pace of the modern life leaves so little time to truly connect with our partners, yet the need for good communication has never been greater. Most of us have had little or no training in how to best communicate in ways that foster deep trust and intimacy. So, in this interview, guys, Jonathan reveals a heck of a lot. I discuss Jonathan's newest book, More Love, Less Conflict, and he shares not only his personal journey as it relates to his interest and passion for this field of work, but also what led him to write the book. Guys, relationships are fundamental. They are a fundamental human need, and love is the glue that binds them and enhances them. And an effective communication strategy is your toolbox to really... Allowing that love to flourish. So guys, this is a really cool conversation. I hope you dig it I hope you enjoy it. Uh, I really did. He's got a gift for us as well, so stay tuned for that. He mentions that um, throughout this podcast as well. Guys, let me know what you think. Jump onto thehiddenwire.com, episode 606, and we'll connect there. Enjoy the show. Bye. Hey, Jonathan. Welcome to the Hidden Wire podcast. How are you? I'm doing good. Great to have you here. Thanks for accepting my invite and coming on the show. I'm looking forward to this. Yeah, mate. You've got a uh, new book out at the moment, More Love, Less Conflict. So uh, looking really uh, forward to talking about that with you. Um, But before we get there, just tell us a little bit about uh, what you're up to today. Where are you in the world?
1: Well, I'm in Northern California. And uh, the great thing about California is there's a lot of personal growth stuff always going on. So it kind of is like a, a race Relay race, if there's other competitors, you get better and better. So, yeah, so I do you know, I I do uh, speak at Fortune 500 companies like Google or Microsoft, and I um, also try to have a loving relationship with my friends and family.
0: Yeah, well, that's um, that's incredible. Um, sort of a line of work as well. And as I said uh, before, I've never been over there, so I've got to get myself over there. But tell us. How have you gotten yourself into this line of work, this career?
1: Well, it all started with having a very unhappy childhood where my parents used to scream and yell at each other pretty much all the time. Hmm. And, you know, that got me interested, like, why can't people communicate? So I was very shy and I wasn't a good communicator. So I started to read books on it. And I found that as I did that and got better at communicating, uh, two things happened. One, I got women to like me a lot more, <laughs> which was important. Mm-hmm. And um, eventually, I was able to make a lot of money because I could communicate my ideas well. Yeah. And I ended up on Oprah a bunch of times and uh, speaking to, you know, stadiums full of people as a motivational speaker. But what really made the biggest difference is that it made a difference in my personal life in that uh, I now have a lot of friends whereas I used to have none.
0: Yeah okay yeah so the uh, the journey is very much a personal one and and that sort of has led you into this line of work and obviously um, publishing several books. Um, This is uh, not your first one so this is your seventh or eighth is that right? Uh, number 12, actually. Number 12, there you go. So you've got a few books out there and um, obviously a very prolific writer. So interesting um, story. And, and usually the people that I speak to, Jonathan, have that sort of a background as to why they do what they do and why they love what they do. Um, and it's obviously a very important topic as well. So, yeah, looking forward to, to discussing it. So what led you to writing this book? Because I know you've you've written another couple of books on communication and relationships before. Um, why this one why now
1: well you know life is more stressful than ever before, and the methods we use to communicate with each other like text or email or other or Facebook I find are very superficial yeah and I think what people really want is deep loving communication mm. that that feels really satisfying and uh, we need ever simpler methods to do that. So most of my methods can be explained in under five seconds and can be mastered in under a minute. So I find that that's really useful, especially for men who don't want, you know, complex stuff. And that I was always looking in my interviews with people like Oprah or, uh, the Dalai Lama or, Barack Obama, what is their best method for communication that they found worked for them? Because these are people who have been able to rise to the top of their field based largely on their communication ability. Hmm. So I basically stole everybody's best method and put them all all 50 of those methods in one book.
0: 50 methods. Well, hopefully we can go through a couple of those methods, methods today with the audience, right? mate. Um, now, love is is something that's gets thrown around sometimes a little uh, willy-nilly, half-heartedly. What, yeah. what is love to you? Like, what, How would you define love?
1: You can define it in different ways, but I think in relationships, it's both a feeling of goodwill towards somebody and a willingness to give what you can to somebody. Um, it's also a feeling of being filled up from within, so that you feel complete in a certain way. And one of the things that I've found is when people don't know how to communicate well, uh, they have a hard time getting to this place of love. And when they do know how to communicate well, they can get there easily and also stay there more frequently. So I think it's a real, like maybe one of the two most important skills a human being can learn and what's interesting is that most people have almost no or zero training in it. Mm. You know? So I find that particularly strange. But the good news is once you get a little bit of training, you get a lot better results.
0: Yeah, well, uh, it's quite an interesting point too. Like A lot of these, what I'd consider fundamental requirements or needs of our life, are not taught, you know. We don't learn them at school, and communication and and you know building quality relationships is is not one of those areas that we sort of focus on uh, throughout our um, schooling uh, education. So it's interesting, and and I think perhaps maybe that will come back into our system at some stage. What are your thoughts?
1: Well, you're right that uh, anything that's really important, you know, learning to communicate, learning to take really good care of yourself, uh, all those things are not taught. Whereas to become a therapist, I had to take two years of geometry, a year of algebra, a year of trigonometry, and a year of calculus, hmm. and I've never used any of those for a single second in my life, <laughs> <laughs> whereas I communicate you know, every waking hour.
0: Is it just something that is expected for us to learn through our you know, personal upbringing? do you think is that is that why that's sort of left out there because even at you know at school you you know we we are led by these teachers and they've got a really important role to play and if they're not good communicators themselves that's who we're watching uh, on on top of you know watching our parents our siblings et cetera, growing up
1: yeah well you know everybody does know how to communicate we learn english for example but people don't realize that there's a science to doing it well hmm. so we allow ourselves to just do it poorly and think we're getting by. Uh, you know, everybody knows how to eat. They, everybody can put potato chips in their mouth, but that doesn't mean that that's the best way of eating.
0: Yeah, yeah, gotcha.
1: And, and um, one of the things I like about communication, it's one of those things that with a really short period of time, even in the couple of methods I'll give in this uh, conversation, people might improve their ability 100%. Yeah. In 10 minutes. Mm. You know, uh, I asked Oprah once how she went from being, uh, poor black in a place where that was hard. She never lived in a house that even had a toilet. Um, and she was, uh, put into the retarded people's class at school because she wasn't that smart. And she had a stillborn child after being raped at age 14. So this is a person who's like at the bottom of the social ladder. Mm. And 20 years later, she's the most loved person on earth. And I yeah. asked her, how did that happen? And she said, it's all about communication.
0: Mm. It's an incredible story she's got. Wow. Yeah. Um, so just while we're there, because I was, I was going to ask you, but um, – yeah, communication, obviously. Uh, are some of these methods that you've learnt from op- Oprah and the likes of Dalai Lama, the methods that you've created in the book then as well?
1: Well, I I created maybe four or five of the methods and probably 40 of the methods I took from other people hmm. uh, because I saw that they worked. And more than being a creator, I'm more of a, a – you know, I don't like to read a whole lot. Okay. so
0: <laughs> That's interesting.
1: So I figured – other people might be like me. Instead of reading forty different people's books, you know, just give me the best stuff from those forty books in one book, and that's kind of what I like to do in my books.
0: Yeah, okay. and I think yeah, it's
1: that's why why Oprah liked my books.
0: So it's the it's the as as your subtitle suggests a communications playbook for couples. Um, so yeah, the ultimate guide. What um, so that's interesting on love, and you know, certainly. Um, it's Its role that it has in our relationships is it like is it the is it the glue of relationships is love the key part here or is it is it you know is communication uh, associated with that as well?
1: Well, I think communication or good communication where you understand your partner and you have empathy with them right. is what leads to love okay you know now at the beginning of a relationship. You know, it could be your pheromones lead to love, you know, or or you're just really attracted. But that generally doesn't last. So you then have to figure out how to get back to that place. And I think the key is understanding your partner, making them feel that you care about them, and making them feel that you have empathy for their emotions, because I think that's what people really are looking for in their relationships.
0: So what what purpose does love have to play?
1: Well, like what you said, love can be like a glue. You know, sex can be a glue, love can be a glue to keep people together. And you know, love is probably the most important thing for a human being. So there's different ways to get there. You can find it inside yourself. You might be able to find it in spirituality, but probably the easiest way to find it is in relationships with not just a romantic partner, but also your kids and your friends. Mm. But as I said, most people are not skilled at that, so they don't have that experience very often. Every now and then they have a wonderful conversation or they feel really gotten by someone. But it's pretty inconsistent. Yeah, And what I'm saying is that you can learn to do that consistently. And it becomes a little bit like a superpower. You know, my biggest problem in life is I have a lot of people who want to spend time with me, not because I'm that wonderful of a guy or that saintly of a guy. I'm not. But I communicate in ways that people appreciate so they either want to do business with me or they want to connect with me, and that feels really good because I certainly was not a natural at any of this.
0: Yeah, so you you've self-learned, and I think that's probably sometimes the best way to go. I mean, your motivation is very much internally sourced, then, and then you're going to absorb it like a sponge much better. Um,
1: yeah, and I can I can actually teach it better because it wasn't natural. I had to Uh, figure out the steps and and make them really simple because some people have a natural talent but they don't know how they do it
0: yeah yeah really good point so with relationships and life um, because I know you talk a lot about happiness you've got a great website there which is all about Mm -hmm. finding happiness Um, clearly relationships um, are a big part of our happiness is is that the importance of, you know, you know, reading books like yours to learn communications to better improve our relationships?
1: Well, you know, in in uh, real estate, they have this term that what's important is location, location, location. Hmm. <laughs> now, in the happiness research, they have a similar term. And they say if you want to be happy in life, the key is relationships, relationships, relationships. Yeah, uh, it literally is, is 900% more impactful than the amount of money you have. And we spend a lot of time trying to make money. I'm not against money. But it's, money does not really increase your happiness much, especially once you're middle class. The difference between people making $40,000 a year and $40 million a year is zero. It's actually no different. Yeah. Whereas the difference between people who rate their relationships as good or great and people who rate them as bad is immense. It's almost impossible to be happy unless your relationships with people are going well. So that's why uh, I see those two things related, relationships and communication and happiness.
0: Yeah, okay, absolutely. I think it's uh, fundamental and I can't agree more. I definitely am curious about finding happiness in my own life, and that's why the podcast and and my website exists um, to ask those questions about why and and how we can then find it. And certainly, relationships seems to be one of the fundamentals that we need to work on improve. So um, that's very powerful. And in this in this modern age that we're living in, why what do you, what sort of issues do you see that is coming through from um, poor communication skills methods, and you know? ineffective relationships or, um, you know, lack of quality relationships?
1: Well, I think people feel a lot of stress and when things aren't going well in their relationships, it just makes it all worse. So there's, there's symptoms in their body. People get sick more. In fact, Google just hired me to talk to people who get sick a lot at Google hoping that by helping with their communication, they will get sick less often. And so far, the results seem to be very promising. Um, what, what I find that when I see couples in my uh, prior practice is that uh, people get stuck in blaming their partner. And I don't know about you, Lee, but um, my wife has never upon me telling her, how wrong she is and what she's doing wrong, has then come back and said, oh, yeah, now I see what you're talking about. Thank you for showing me the errors of my ways. I'll have to change. That, that never happened yeah. in 25 years. Yeah. So blame never works, but that's usually the only thing couples know how to do with each other. And then they get into like a death spiral where they're both blaming each other and they're both more and more dissatisfied. So I do what I I try to teach what I call communication miracle, Hmm. which is how to turn that downward spiral into an upward spiral of more love and affection. And most of the time, about 95% of the time, I can do it in about 10 minutes.
0: Okay, there you go. So certainly, um, yeah. With with the the poor relationships, you, you said there's a, you know a lot of stress in people's lives. What do you think are the contributing factors uh, for that increased stress, or is it increased um, to previous generations, or was it much the same?
1: I think it's somewhat increased uh, by the fact that we now have um, these things called WMDs in our lives not not weapons of mass destruction, but <laughs> Widgets of mass distraction.
0: Oh, yes. <laughs>
1: you know, we get, I don't know about you, but I get probably, I don't know, 30 calls a day. I get 100 emails a day. And you have all these things which you have to deal with that you didn't really have to deal with 20 years ago. Yeah. And and even something like Facebook, studies show that spending time on Facebook actually makes you feel more depressed. Um because you get envious of other people's lives. And in my opinion, a thousand Facebook friends does not really equal one really good friend.
0: No, and there's definitely been studies on that too, I believe.
1: Mm -hmm, There have. And so I think things are more speeded up. Uh, Studies show that there's more loneliness. The amount of loneliness has doubled in the last 12 years in America. The amount of suicide and depression is up 500% from 40 years ago. So at a time that we need to rely on each other and connect with each other, uh, I think people are lacking the skills or the ability to do that effectively. And that creates even more stress.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Do you, do you think it has a big part to do with how we live our lives as far as our working lives are concerned?
1: Well, I think that we most people work a lot now, um that hasn't gone down in the last few decades and we're kind of expected to do more. So you're you know, you're whenever you're expected to do more but you're not given more resources, that doesn't feel very good. Hmm. Uh yeah. Now, luckily, communication things can help with that. I don't know if you've ever you know, felt really bad or, or overwhelmed, and then a friend really listened to you and you felt really understood. It's amazing how de-stressing that is, how, how, how easily one can let go of this feeling of loneliness or stress if somebody knows how to do that. Well in relationship
0: hmm. yeah absolutely and i I heard it um put the other day about you know depression and, and the and the the value of quality relationship has and they defined relationship really well about um it's not just having a person there that you can talk to, um, but it's having actually someone that you can actually share things with
1: yeah, yeah, that we're looking for depth, not just quantity, and I think yeah. Uh, in this culture, we have often thought that more quantity will fulfill us, but it's really amount of quality.
0: Yeah, well, spot on. Love it. Um, so, look, let's. Um, can you share a few of the methods? I don't want you to give too much uh, of the book away. I want people to, to go out there and buy a copy as well, but can you share a couple of methods for us?
1: Sure, sure. Well, there's there's 50 methods in the book, so I don't think we'll get through all of them, no. uh, Lee, but… Anyways, let's give a couple that are really simple. Um, One thing that, uh, just as a background, the best predictor of how happy people are in a relationship is the amount of appreciations they give to each other. Hmm. Now, don't tell my wife this, Lee, but uh, just between you and me, um, I sometimes get caught up in work and forget to say what I appreciate about her. So I actually have... Siri on my iPhone remind me to do that every day. Oh, nice one! And it literally takes a minute, you know. And what I do is I say, uh, "Gee, I, something I appreciate about you is," and I, I, it's always something sincere. It's not like I'm uh, bsing her. I'm, I'm something sincere, and uh, that helps to start a good feeling flowing. Now, I've only known you for 15 minutes. But um, I can already fill in this sentence, and the sentence is, something I notice about you that I appreciate is, and Lee, something I notice about you that I appreciate is, is that you uh, come off as both very sincere and very curious, like I get that you really are into learning new things, and... Uh, You don't put on, you know, some kind of false personality to do that. You're you, sincere and and curious, and I really appreciate those traits.
0: Oh, thank you. That's very nice.
1: And um, if you want to play this game, you would fill in the same sentence if something comes to mind, something you notice about me that you appreciate is.
0: I appreciate uh, from you, Jonathan, is your willingness to come on to my podcast and have me interview you. I think that's um, just amazing that people do that. And I just definitely appreciate you doing that. And the other compliment I want to give you or appreciation for you is um, I love your hair. I'm actually looking at the photo of you and speaking to you before you bring a, a very comfort feeling to me um, just by looking at you. And I think there is, and maybe you've had this before, um, there's some similarities to Ben Lee there, um, that, uh, remind me of you or vice huh. versa. Have you ever heard that before?
1: I haven't heard that before.
0: Um, so yeah. And, and I guess that probably was what gives me that comfort feeling too, because a lot of his music is very full of love and, and all that as well. Hmm. Hmm. Well, thank you. Yeah.
1: Let's do, let's do one more for now. Um, and that is filling in the sentence, uh, if you really knew me, you would know blank. So uh, Lee, if you really knew me, you would know that let's see. I'm always a little afraid of coming off as too preachy or salesmany. Uh, I don't <laughs> like those types of people, but at the same time, I have a real passion. And, and I know that this stuff can change people's lives. So it's always a dynamic I'm, I'm a little worried about on, on these shows. Is Am I coming off as too much like a salesman or a preacher? And uh, so that's something about me.
0: That's very interesting because I certainly feel the same. And if you knew me, you'd know that I feel the same, that sometimes I feel like I'm too salesy. Uh, But I do appreciate you because you actually don't come across that way at all on this show. Uh, And certainly I know what you mean. And I've had guests on the past that uh, do certainly strongly come across that way. Um, And I I appreciate you for the work you do too, because I think it's a really important one. Uh, If you knew me really well, you'd probably know that I often feel very selfish in my pursuit in what I do in life.
1: I'm not hearing you right now for some reason. Did you hear that? Oh, I, I, you, you, I heard that you were self You felt that you were sometimes selfish, and then it cut off for a couple of seconds. No, that was it. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good then it didn't cut off.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Good. Um, well, if you really knew me, you would know that I, uh, I love to make people laugh and give them a wow experience whenever possible. I guess it's partly because I, I love the the praise or the uh, appreciation, but especially making people laugh feels really good.
0: Yeah. You. If you really knew me, you'd know that I love drinking tea. Uh, I'm a big tea drinker, and having lived in Japan, green tea – And the whole ritual around doing a green tea ceremony uh, fascinates me and and something I'm deeply uh, taken by.
1: Hmm, it's interesting. Now, with these methods, in just like five minutes, we get to know each other at a slightly deeper level than if we were just having normal conversation. And um, there's methods in the book, in the More Love, Less Conflict book, that have to deal with... Feelings and empathy that are even more powerful and intense that way for connecting. And, you know, especially when communicating with women, the number one thing women want from a guy is, in my opinion, uh, empathy and understanding. And what guys do instead is they typically try to fix their problems, which women don't like. And they also try to uh, belittle their problems, like, hey, it's not that big a deal, or why are you getting so upset? And these are two things that women really dislike and will create definite damage. So when guys learn how to actually give understanding and empathy they're amazed at how it seems to them that their partners are just incredibly more loving uh, and less complaining than before. And it's due to the fact that you're giving your partner exactly what they want.
0: So what is the other way around? Like what do men mostly want from their partners?
1: What men, and there's reasons for this uh, men, want to be the hero. You know, when you look at all these movies, they're all about men being the hero. Hmm. And the reason is because the men who were the hero for the last 200,000 years, you know, they killed the buffalo or got the food for the tribe. They survived and they passed on their genes. So we really like praise and being successful. Now, ironically, what women often do with men is they tell them all the things that they're doing wrong, which is the exact opposite of what men want. So when I, uh, in the book, I have methods for men giving women what they want exactly, and then methods for women giving men what they want exactly. And I've noticed that when you give people what they want, they tend to give you what you want.
0: So it'd certainly be a... um... Yeah, obviously a good book for both men and women. Then uh, one you could bring into the into the relationship and um, perhaps put on the on the coffee table there to encourage the other partner to read as well. Maybe
1: exactly, exactly.
0: One one thing I, I find in in my personal relationship, um, and certainly from speaking with other people as well, is that sometimes relationships and the desire to want to improve them seems very one sided. It, it doesn't seem like both couples. Are aware there's issues, or both couples actually, you know, want to put in effort, um, and that certainly doesn't help that relationship go through those methods to improve. Um, and and this is just my experience is that sometimes I feel like I'm putting a lot of energy um, into the relationship but getting no return. Uh, so I'm sure that's a common problem that you've come across uh, many times before. Can you elaborate on on why that's happening and perhaps some methods on how to overcome that
1: Yeah, um, first of all, that is a common problem that's probably the number one complaint I get from women about men. Hmm. Uh, the good news is that you know if you're trying to do a tango with your partner, it really does take two tango players you know, dancers to tango. It takes two to tango. (laughs) Yeah, I have not found that to be the case with communication. It really only takes one really good communicator to totally change the dynamic. Yeah, okay. Now, the problem is that usually there's two people who are not that good at communicating. So it, it does take someone. But, you know, if I ask you a question... That comes from a good communication skill. It's a pretty good chance that you're going to answer that question. You're not going to say, "I'm sorry, I don't answer questions." You know. So if I ask you, uh, "Hey, Lee, what are you? What are you feeling now? And what are you really wanting?" Hmm. You're probably going to answer that. It's not that hard. And if I know what you're feeling, and if I know what you're wanting, that's going to make the whole relationship. More likely to get back on track. Yeah. Or if I ask you, hey Lee, what what brings you a deep sense of joy? You're not going to come back. Are you trying to change me? You know what are you doing? You know you're 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 happy to answer questions like that. Hmm. And they can often lead to immediate intimacy. In fact, on my uh, website, morelovelessconflict.com. I have a free download called the 12 Questions of Instant Intimacy. So here are a dozen questions that you can ask your partner or really anyone, and they always lead to a very deep, intimate conversation. Yeah, the cool. other person doesn't need any background.
0: Yeah. So just through yeah, quality questions to to generate that, I guess, that togetherness.
1: Yeah, yeah. And the other thing is, you know, if you look at the word intimacy, the instructions for finding it are actually in the word, into me see. So when you reveal uh, intimate or vulnerable details about yourself, it tends to bring up the same desire in somebody else. But usually people get stuck because they're both waiting for the other person to do that first.
0: Yeah, absolutely. But it's it's hard too, isn't it? I mean, for one person to have the courage to be quite open and vulnerable with the notion that perhaps if they do, maybe they won't be heard as, as they'd like to be heard.
1: Well, it's it's definitely hard if you don't have the right tool. You know, I'm I'm building a deck now, and I started building the deck with – Cutting up uh, boards with a handsaw, and after about an hour, I said, <laughs> "This, this is not going to work." Get a circular I got saw. a power saw, and <laughs> with a power saw, I was able to do in ten minutes what it took me two hours to do with a handsaw.
0: Yeah,
1: and or really, I, I was able to do it in two minutes. So, if you have the right method, it makes it a lot easier, and it's not. Like you have to face a lot of fear to say, gee, right now I'm feeling kind of sad because I'm really wanting to connect with you and we haven't connected for a while. That's not, not easy to say, but if you have the right prompt, like right now I'm feeling and right now I'm wanting, that's not that hard. Hmm. And um, so a lot of the methods are really that simple, hmm. but part of their power is that they – uh, are so simple, and therefore they're rather easy to use.
0: Yeah, no, totally understand. With with the methods, and I love them, I, I think it's it, it just seems like a gratitude practice, you know, just saying what you're thankful for every day. These methods seem like something you could definitely just incorporate into your, to your everyday life, and I'm just looking at my own relationship. Like I could, once my wife wakes up this morning and I go out there, I could say, hey, would I appreciate you, you know, one thing, and I could probably put that into a practice where I could do it every day. Is that, I mean, do you find people are awkward about doing that or is it is it a matter of that they just fall out of that practice, they start doing it and then they just stop doing it because maybe they're not feeling a response? Um, and do you need to, these are sort of a few questions for you, but do you need to schedule that time? um, to, to have these conversations? Like, do you need to say, Hey, look, I want to talk to you about what I appreciate about you, or do you just pop it in there at any given moment? Well, as
1: I said, I, I have Siri on my iPhone remind me to do that once a day. Mm. Uh, so that helps, um, because we do get caught up in stuff and we forget to do that. And then your relationship isn't as good and you wonder what happened. Um, but, I find that really if you do it well, you can have a lot deeper communication in under five minutes a day. Yeah. And if you don't do it well, you might end up arguing an hour a day. So it's yeah. a good use of your time. And you know, once a week, my wife and I have a date night, and we uh, answer, I call it the relationship tune-up. And we go through it. It takes about ten minutes. And we just clear out all the cobwebs, and it's a great way to connect and uh, once again, just between you and me, Lee, when my wife feels understood and uh, feels like I'm getting her, she's a lot more physical, affectionate with me. So I enjoy that. And it doesn't need to take a lot of time. You know, women often say to their man, uh, we need to talk. And when a man hears that, they think, uh oh, I'm in trouble. Here we go. <laughs> and this talk is going to take forever. Hmm. But men, if they feel like something's only going to take five minutes and it will make their woman happy they 're more than happy to do that
0: yeah yeah, absolutely, but I think it's it's very powerful um, can 't wait to read it myself um, excuse me. <clears throat> So yeah, looking looking forward to. It. I'm going to share the link for the book in the show notes, so uh, everyone out there listening can can pick up a copy. The last, um, I got two more questions on that on the topic of your book before mm-hmm. we go. And the first one is just advice around digital, the digital space. Like, what should we do there? Because I definitely feel you when you say, you know, tech and digital, the the web, uh, widgets of mass distraction are certainly affecting our ability to really connect. What is your advice around digital and, and its, its role that it plays?
1: Well, it makes us think that we're communicating when in reality we're just sharing information. Mm. And sharing information is not really a relationship-building exercise. So one of the things you can do, if it's appropriate, is in your digital communication, say texting, Facebook, or email, that you tell people once again, what you're feeling and what you're wanting. So it might be, you know, as I write these words, I want you to know that I have warm feelings for you and I really appreciate that you uh, were at our last meeting on time. That makes me feel really good. Those types of things aren't generally communicated and Mm. they add depth to that communication and they help to establish relationships.
0: Yeah, really, really good one. I like that. And final bit of advice on communication and uh, growing the love in our relationships.
1: Well, the good news is that most people have about under ten minutes of communication training in their entire life for something that they're doing you know fifteen hours a day. I call that good news because somehow they're getting by in life. <laughs> but when you actually learn some of these uh, advanced communication methods that are really simple it makes a tremendous difference not just for you but for everybody in your life your kids your mate your coworkers because they start to get that you have an ability that is really rare and i can't think of another skill that you could learn in a in a short period of time that would have so much of effect on one's life hmm. Not only on your life, but on the people you care about as well. So I think it's a really incredible investment to, whether it be my book or somebody else's book or some course, that you learn some of these tools and start, uh, start using them.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Mate, fantastic stuff. Um, Guys, I just want to encourage you out there listening, uh, do check out the book. I'll put a link in the show notes. So if you want to support the show, um, you can pick up a copy by heading to thehiddenwhy.com for this episode, 606. Jonathan, I've got 10 or about 10 quick round questions to run through um, to wrap this puppy up. So I'm just going to open them up here. The first question I have for you is what methods or rituals, sorry, I should probably say routines or rituals, um, do you believe contribute to your success the most?
1: Uh, I think meditating every day and saying to my wife one thing a day that I love about her.
0: Great one. What advice would you give your 20-year-old self?
1: Uh, let's see. Keep uh, keep meditating <laughs> and uh, – And don't sweat the small stuff, especially when it comes to uh, money. It all works out in the end.
0: Yeah, good advice. Um, You've touched on meditation a couple of times there. What's your particular practice or process?
1: I use different ones. Um, There's a great app called Headspace that I sometimes use. But uh, sometimes I'll just uh, meditate on the feeling of love that I have towards different people in my life.
0: Okay, cool. Um, and how long have you been practicing meditation for?
1: Um, about fourteen thousand years <laughs> uh, no uh, I've been meditating uh, every single day for at least forty years
0: okay, well, wow. and what are your like if anyone say why do you meditate what are you you know the top three things that come to mind as as to why you do it?
1: well, I do it. At this point, mostly because it feels so good, but I originally started to do it because I was having a lot of anxiety, and I wanted to overcome fears and anxiety. And um, I think when you get into a place of feeling some peace and love within, you do better in relationships and better in your work, because, you know, wherever you go, you take yourself with you.
0: Mm. Yeah, true. Love it, mate. Uh, It's certainly uh, been a big catalyst to the change of my life as well. Uh, Let's go back to the questions. How do you define success?
1: I define success as the amount of joy and happiness you have in your own life and living in a way that brings joy and happiness and love to the people around you that you care about.
0: What one tool, skill, resource, or technique has helped you improve your effectiveness or productivity the most?
1: Hmm. I'm a tool junkie, so now I have to choose between the 300 methods that I know. (laughs) (laughs) Let's see. Uh, What one tool? Uh, I'd say maybe um, the question... How can I be of service now has been effective in me opening my heart and connecting with people and also bringing good things towards me.
0: Okay, I like it. What advice would you give someone that is wanting to make some change in their life?
1: It really helps to find a tool or method that is simple enough and powerful enough that you'll use it every day.
0: Hmm. Uh,
1: whatever it is, and you know, I'm a big believer in trying different stuff till you find the things that really work for you, but that you set aside you know, time each day to try new stuff and stay with the stuff that works because when you find something that works, you have a friend for life.
0: If you were to be served your last meal, what meal would you request? <laughs> There's a really good pizza
1: shop down the street from me. And, uh, mm. that's the first thing that came up. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and also with the, you know, the people I love around me.
0: Great. And what activity brings you the greatest sense of joy?
1: Well, it's definitely uh, meditation where we talked about that. So I'm going to give you another one. Uh, which is uh, uh, petting my dogs in a way that brings them great joy. I can pet them behind the ears and they moan with ecstasy and seeing them happy and really enjoying that love connection that we share brings a lot of joy to me.
0: (laughs) That's nice. Uh, What book would you pass down to your children or future generations? What one book would you pass down?
1: Uh, well, because my books are like the greatest hits of everybody else's books, I would probably choose one of mine just cause that way they'd get all the different tools and it'd either be the more love, less conflict book, or I did a book called find happiness. Now that was also find like all the yeah. best happiness techniques all in one book. So it'd probably be one or the other of those.
0: I'll stick the uh, links in the show notes guys. Check it out at the dot Um, I'll put a few of Jonathan's books in there so you can uh, purchase a couple of copies, uh, find happiness. Um, now certainly would be up the alley for me as well. Um, so I'm interested to, to pick up a copy of that one too, Jonathan, and have a read of it. Um, what quote phrase or message would you text or tweet to everyone in the world?
1: Uh, let's see, boy, right off the top of my head. Um, I have one on my refrigerator. Oh, well, two. I'm going to do two. One is, uh, if you want to find peace, here's a way. Whatever's happening, root for it to go that way. <laughs> that way you're aligned with reality. <laughs> but uh, the Buddha said something that I like, which was, um, don't spend so much time finding peace outside of you because peace is within, is within you. Hmm. I thought that was a good quote.
0: Yeah, it is. Great stuff. Do you believe we all have a hidden why or a purpose?
1: Well, I interviewed a lot of famous spiritual leaders, and I asked them, what's the purpose of human life? Uh, And I interviewed 40, everybody from the late Mother Teresa to the Dalai Lama and everybody in between. And that was one of the questions. And what was interesting is that for that particular question, pretty much everybody answered the same thing. 40 people from different religions all answered the same thing. And they basically said that the purpose of human life is to is twofold. One, find peace and love within yourself. That's step one. Mm-hmm. And step two is to the extent that you found that, try to be of help to the people around you.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Profound advice. What does living with passion and purpose mean to you?
1: For me, it means um, listening for what I'm supposed to be doing, what excites me, and uh, taking those inner messages and acting in the world. So it's kind of aligning with a frequency that is already being played inside me.
0: Yeah, nice. And if I was to ask you the underlying motivation to everything you do, what do you think that would be?
1: Oh, boy. I, I think everybody has a lot of different motivations inside them. But, um you know, ultimately we're all trying to be happy. And we just have different strategies for doing that. You know, some people it's to make a lot of money. Some people it's to, uh, you know, win the ball game. Some people it's to find peace inside them but ultimately we're all trying to be happy and we just have to find better and better ways of doing that so that uh we don't hurt ourselves or our planet
0: love it mate that's exactly my answer as well to that um so great minds
1: great minds think alike absolutely you
0: know absolutely mate it's been fantastic to connect with you um great uh, to have your time and uh yeah your sharing as well uh for this episode so i'm sure the the listeners will love it mate um so thank you again for coming on I appreciate it
1: my pleasure and, and remember that uh, people can download my my 12 questions instant intimacy for free i think they'll have a good time with that
0: yeah absolutely i'll stick the link in the show notes and, and what is the best way for people to reach you jonathan
1: Uh, They can contact me through the website, either uh, more love, less conflict works.
0: Yep, okay. Cool. Well, I'll stick all the links in the show notes. Jonathan, it's been an absolute pleasure, guys, out there listening. Thank you for tuning in today. Um, Check out all the show notes at thehiddenwire.com, episode 606. And until next time, peace, passion, and purpose. We'll see you soon. Thanks, Lee.